Right, good morning everybody. It's always a problem, is it, of trying to get you back in when we release you like this. You'll have, as Emily has said, we'll have loads and loads and loads of time to talk at the church picnic, won't we? I've just checked my weather app. One o'clock, 30% chance of raining. That means 70% chance of not raining, so I like those odds. Come on, come on. It's great to be here this morning, and um, yeah, just as Emily said, my name is Jamie, and it's uh, great to uh, have the privilege to share just some thoughts um, this morning. And yeah, I wonder for you, I wonder if you've ever, you can recall a time where maybe you've been caught off guard, maybe you've had a surprise, maybe something that you weren't expecting has happened to you. It's happened for me on a few occasions in my life, but there's one that really stands out for me, uh, and I have to go back a few years to when I was around about 10 years old or so. Um, now, this is giving my, well, away my age a little bit, but when I was, I was, I was about 10, at 9, 10, um, this was when the original PlayStation was like the thing. It wasn't even like PS1 or PS2, it was just called Sony PlayStation. Who remembers the Sony PlayStation, the original? Yeah, come on, anyone like, any millennials are loving life right now. Um, it had like proper wires going from like the, 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 the controller to all these wireless things, like crazy. But I remember it, and I remember like how much as a kind of 10-year-old boy, I really, 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 really wanted this PlayStation. I saw my friends had it, and I saw the adverts for it, and I was like, come on, I want a PlayStation. So... I went to my parents and said, Mom, Dad, can I please, 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 please have a PlayStation for Christmas? Okay, cue their answer. Jamie, absolutely no way. I was like, what? What are you about? What are you about? No way. It's not happening. We can't afford it. It's too expensive. Uh, I, knew it was, I knew it was quite a big ask. It was, it was much uh, more expensive than I would normally get as a Christmas present. Um, and, uh, but they just completely, just like, basically shot it down straight away. I was like, okay. Fair enough. Like I, I kind of, you know, went away feeling a little bit disappointed with myself to lick my wounds, but accepted that I wasn't getting my PlayStation for Christmas that year. Can I get an R? Well done. You're good. Got to pantomime this morning. <laughs> so that was that, and then I kind of I went to Christmas Day. I hadn't really, I hadn't asked for anything but the PlayStation. So whatever I was going to get was going to be a surprise, and I was really looking forward to uh, to what that was going to be. So Christmas Day, juicily comes around. My parents give me the gift. Merry Christmas, Jamie. I see this box in front of me. I'm like, oh, I don't wonder what that is. I unwrap um, the, the the wrapping paper, and guess what was behind the wrapping paper? No, it was a, tam- it was a Tamagotchi. An Xbox, don't talk, they're evil in this place. It was a, of course, it was a PlayStation. It was a PlayStation. And genuinely, like, I remember, that, like, really vividly, actually, like, how, like, surprised and, like, I, kind of, they'd, they'd really done well at putting me off the track. They just lied to me as a child. It was great. But, like, they'd done really well at putting me off the track of, uh, of that PlayStation. I really wasn't expecting uh, getting that thing. Over the last uh, few weeks, we've been talking about, um, about Peter and his ministry and kind of differences we can learn from Peter. And this morning, I want to look at a story of where something I would say that was unexpected. Well, yeah, when you read it, and we're going to unpack it a little bit this morning, something happened that was quite unexpected in the, in the journey and in the scenario. And if you're looking for a title this morning, I've simply entitled it, I wasn't expecting that. I'm going to pray before I properly kick into this morning. Father, I thank you 
I thank you, Lord God, that you do give us surprises, that you do do, uh, you are a good Father. I pray this morning as, uh, as we get into this word, I pray that you will open our hearts to hear what you want to say to us as individuals and as the body of Christ. So bless us, I pray, as we gather together this morning. In your mighty name, amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, I'd love you to turn with me to Acts 3. Uh, we're going to be reading just uh, 10 short, um, short uh, verses from Acts 3. Um, this Acts 3, surprisingly, uh, follows Acts 2. And, and in Acts 2, they've just had um, the day of Pentecost has happened. The early church has just been birthed. Um, Peter, previous to this, has just preached a sermon where uh, 3,000 people uh, in one message uh, repented. Not bad, not bad going for a message, is it? 3,000 in one go had just repented. And then we pick it up in Acts 3, uh, and we're going 1 to 10. And if you don't have it, it will be on the screen uh, for you. It's Acts 3, verses 1 to 10. And it says the following. Um, one day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Verse 6. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then Then he went into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking past and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled uh, with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. I love that that scripture. Obviously, this week I've been really um, unpacking it and looking at it. And there's just so many different levels, which hopefully together this morning we can begin to look at and, and, and see what happened. There's a phrase that you may have heard, and I'm sure um, other people, you, other people, you've heard it in here as well, um, which says when you're in the right place at the right time. Okay, and there's different scenarios, situations where maybe you've been in the right place at the right time. Now, I've found some uh, some brilliant, I would say, brilliant pictures of, of people or things were in the right place at the right time. So I'm just going to show those on the screen right now. So the first one, um, uh, this, this moth happened to land on the Mother's Day uh, bit of the calendar. And uh, he's, he's, yeah, some, some good stuff's happened there on Moth Day. Uh, this is a really good one. So you've got a sign for the moon and it's pointing to the moon. Great picture capture. Uh, so you've got Scott and he is uh, on his way to Scott's head, which you can see again on the screen there. Uh, a couple more. This is my personal favourite. I mean, <laughs> Chelsea and Huddersfield are not happy, but I'm happy about that picture. Uh, I think there's one more, one more. Okay, and this is my place. He's definitely my favourite. He is risen. I don't think Shrek is meant to be risen, but he is risen. Some great pictures there. Uh, just the people in the right place or things in the right place or maybe wrong place at the right time. Uh, the, the lame beggar we read about, we just read about in Acts 3. Now, here, if we, we, there's a few things that I've noted actually, we need to note in this, in this, uh, this scripture we've just read. Um, first thing is, he carries this, this gate, this temple gate, which is called Beautiful. Now, 
he had been, and we find out a little bit later, if you, if you read into Acts 4, 22, it's talking about a few different things. And it says in that place, it says, for the man who, who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. Okay, let's say for argument's sake he's 40, 41. Okay, that means that, and it says in the scripture that he'd been carried there every single day. That means that man had been at that, that, that gate for maybe, maybe since he was 10, 30, 40 years, however long it's been, but it's been a long time he's been going to that gate every single day in the gate called Beautiful. Again, another interesting thing that I think, as I was reading this and unpacking this a little bit this week, is obviously this is just like a short time after Jesus has, has, has ascended back to heaven, and Jesus would definitely at some stage, or Definitely, I'm not going to make those kind of statements. Fairly, fairly likely would have walked into that temple and walked past that man who was begging and who was on the thing and who was clearly, he was lame. He says he was, he was a lame beggar. So Jesus would have, have walked past him and would have seen those things happening. So it, asked me, it made me ask, I'm sure potentially you could ask this question, why did Jesus, when he walked past this man, not heal this man? Why did he kind of just leave him to, to, to be lame? We read in the scriptures, don't we, of so many occasions where Jesus healed beggars, healed, healed, healed lame people, healed um, deaf and blind people, and all the, all the above. He did so many miraculous things. Why not this man? This is the first recorded story of healing um, since, since, the, since the early church has, has, has kind of started. So it's the first kind of healing we, we hear of um, yeah, the, the, since the early church has, has, has kicked off. And like I said, preach, um, Peter has just preached this sermon previously where 3,000 people had responded to his message. What I think is really um, interesting and important in this scripture is Peter knew the authority that he was walking in. He knew that he was walking in the power and in, in the name of Jesus. And actually, why did Jesus not heal him? Well, I don't fully, fully know that. But what I do know is that Jesus did heal him. Jesus did heal him through the apostle Peter, didn't he? Peter was sent as a... As, and we knew that um, when Jesus ascended to heaven and sent his Holy Spirit, he, the same power that lived in Jesus lives in us and the apostles. And it was just, my, for me... It was a moment where God could show his power through a, a, a completely normal man. A completely normal man who was just walking by grace. Although the beggar had been there many, many times, hadn't he? He'd been there for, for a number of years. Every single day it's in the scripture for a number of years. There's something in that moment that shifted on that day. I love this man's... Well, I mean... We don't quite, again, he doesn't give you loads of details. Why is there? He's asking for money and you assume he's there asking for money because he, he needs money for food. He can't work. He needs to feed his family or just feed himself. But why that day? What was different that day? And actually, I think his audacity in just showing up every single day and asking for money, being there every single day, just like uh, asking for these things. It, it, in that moment, I think because of his persistence, um, and I'm going to come on to the fact in a moment he wasn't asking for healing, actually. I'll come on to that in a moment. But it eventually led to his healing because he was there in the day-to-day moments. For us today, I want you to think about your, your life. <laughs> There's places you go into every single day, isn't there? Whether it's your workplace, whether it's, your, whether it's a, um, a coffee shop that you go into regularly, whether it's just being around your neighbours, your family, whether it's uh, a sports club that you're involved in or something. But there's stuff that we do on our day-to-day lives and there's people that we see on a regular um, basis, isn't there? Now, uh, 
Life, I love life, okay. But it can be sometimes a bit mundane, can't it? A little bit boring. And we just go through the repetitive cycle. And actually, that's what this guy was doing, I think. He was going through the cycle of his day. And I don't think that day, I, I, he woke up for, I'm going to get healed today. He'd been there 30, 40 years. I, just, I don't think it was. But he was in the place of being, um, of being present daily. And I suppose what I'm thinking for us is, what are the mundane places, the familiar places that might just be a right um, time, right place moment? As you think about this week ahead or this month ahead or the rest of this year, there's going to be moments and opportunities in your, in your um, day-to-day lives, in the, the boringness and the, the, the mundane of our day-to-day lives, where God wants to come and do something miraculous. And God wants to come and do something that um, is, is unexpected. And just to get us, I suppose, hypersensitive for those things. I, and again, I'm going to talk about Peter in a moment, but just Peter's audacity in that moment, just to see this man and to, 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 to proclaim his healing is just amazing. Um, be on the lookout. This is the encouragement for you. Be on the lookout for your next right place, right time moment where God has something assigned for you, which when you woke up that day, you didn't think was going to happen, but actually just being expectant for what God wants to do and can do through you. Okay. Um, I wonder again, another, another, another rhetorical question for you this time. Um, if you've ever got more than you've asked for, Maybe you've uh, asked a question and somebody, you know those moments where people overshare, it's a little bit awkward, those one moments. Or actually, you've, um, it's not happened to me yet, and I'm, I'm a bit annoyed about it, to be honest. You know, you, know like, you go like, on holiday and people hear about people getting upgrades, like flights and hotels. Anybody had that before? Like, yeah, not me. What's, saw me, saw me some this out. I've had a higher car upgrade, which is lovely, um, but that's about, that's about the, uh, the extent of it. But yeah, either something has been given to you more than you expected or actually you've just had a really generous gift given to you you weren't expecting to get that thing you get more than you asked for again back in our key scripture in Acts 3 the beggar was doing what he was doing every single day asking for money and again I'm just going to reread these verses from 4 to 7 because again this is the bit I want to zone in for for this little time now so Acts 3 4 and 7 4 to 7 sorry says Peter looked straight at him the beggar as did John then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expected to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. Uh, three, four things I want to pick up on this bit because I think these are four really interesting things that I, as, again, as I was unpacking this week, I thought they were really interesting. The first one is Peter and John gave him their attention. I don't know about you. I'm sure none of you ever do this. But you see somebody in the street. Uh, you see somebody asking for money. You see somebody begging and you pretend you haven't seen them. I've done it many of times to my shame. You see them, but you, 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 you either, either you're too busy or you have no money or you're, on, you're, you're late, you're running late for something. But actually, or sometimes you just don't want to interact with that person. You either pretend you haven't seen them or oh, I'm sorry, I haven't got any money. Again, I love the fact that just Peter and, and John gave this man their attention because that did a couple of things, didn't it? First and foremost, it gave that man his dignity, didn't it? I'm sure like people who... Um, uh, a begging, like, there's not a lot of dignity in begging, is there? But actually, by just ignoring it, it makes it even less dignified by the fact that he came to this man. And uh, the, the, Peter and John looked at this man and gave him their time and their attention. First of all, it gives that man back his, his, his dignity, doesn't it? 
Um, but it's even shown that they, and it, it, what else did it do? It showed they cared. It showed they had love for him. If nothing else, and this is something that I'm going to definitely change myself on, just giving that person a smile, just asking if there's anything you can do, even just buying them a drink or whatever it may be, yeah, those things are things that we can do, aren't they, in our day-to-day life. Number two, the next interesting thing is they couldn't give him the material. So very, very quickly on, if you, again, when you read this, this guy's asking for money, and the first thing that Peter says, he says, look at us. Okay, so he's got his attention. I'm sure he's like, come on, what have you got for me? What have you got for me? How much are you going to give me? And he says to them, silver or gold, I have not gone. I mean, like, come on, mate. I want some money. Sort me out. Silver or gold, I do not have. Straight away, they kind of know, they let him know, we do not have money. We cannot give you the thing you're asking for. We cannot give you that money. But what they do have, we'll come on to it in a moment, but at that, at that stage, it shows actually that they, they, they were not... So sometimes I think we can look to just um, try and help materially, which is important, of course it is. But these guys help supernaturally, which I would definitely say is more important than material, isn't it? Sometimes as a church or as individuals, I think we feel guilty about not being able to fulfil material needs. We cannot as individuals, we cannot as this church, we cannot as, I don't think, as the church solve every single material need in this world, in this, uh, in this city, in this neighbourhood. We cannot solve every single material need. Of course we can do something. I'm not saying don't do anything. But the primary call, I believe, of the church isn't to meet the material needs of the world. That's not our primary call, is it? Our primary call of the church is to release the power and life of God into lives of individuals, into circumstances and situations. That's what transforms lives, isn't it? Food banks are fantastic, but they're solving a problem, aren't they? They're not, they're not, they're not um, helping people find full life through Jesus Christ, are they? Again, this isn't me knocking those things. They're so important. But as the church, what are we called to do? And in this moment, they couldn't help the material need. But obviously, we find out a little bit what they can do. Next thing, uh, next thing to, this is important in this bit. The man wanted to be supported in his condition. Jesus wanted to con- change his condition. Okay, again, this is, it follows on, but this guy wanted money. He wanted help. He was in a, obviously in quite a tough situation and he was begging for his livelihood, I'm guessing. But Jesus, in that moment, didn't want to leave him in his same state, in the same life he was in, in the same situations he was in. He wanted to change his life completely, completely turn it, um, turn it upside down, flip it over. Peter and John wants this man's transformed by the power of the risen Jesus. They'd, they'd witnessed, hadn't they? They'd, they'd, been, they'd seen Jesus and the power that he'd overcome. They must have been walking in some authority and some expectation. He wanted to see this man's life changed. I found a quote, which I'm just going to see. Hopefully you can see it okay on the screen. It's a little bit small, sorry, but I'm going to read it out. A quote that I found this week. It says, It's not the church's business in in this world to simply make present conditions more bearable. The task of the church is to release here on earth the redemptive work of God in Christ. That's our, our mission, isn't it? That's the commission that we've been sent out on, is to change lives, to make disciples, to see lives completely transformed. Okay, and the last bit I picked up from this bit is that Peter had complete faith for the man's healing. Complete faith for that man's healing. Um, this man had been lame, couldn't walk for 40 years. He was lame from birth and he was 40. 40 years without being able to walk. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people would, just resi- would have been resigned to the fact that this man is never going to walk. I'm sure they were. But I love it. 
I love what Peter did in this situation. When you read it again, I just read it again this week. I was like, man, that's crazy. He didn't pray for him, didn't lay hands on him. He didn't anoint him with oil. He didn't do any, and these are all good things, of course, but he didn't do any of that. He simply took authority and uttered these nine simple yet powerful words. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Now, that moment, I, I believe, is when that was released. Okay, that was released. But the, mo- the next thing that happened is amazing. Okay, because that is easy to say those words. Okay, and just walk away and hope that he's walking. Okay, hope he's walking. I'm sure he's okay. I'll just go, go on with my day. What he did, he said those words, and then he went to the guy, we read it, he grabbed him by the right hand and pulled the guy up. I mean, that is a moment, isn't it? If it's going to go wrong... You're going to look really bad at that moment where he just flops back to the floor. Of course he didn't. He picked him up by the hand and this guy could walk. I mean, that's just courage, isn't it? That's courageous faith. And man, oh, I, I need more of that kind of courage in my life. I'm sure we as a church in that kind of courage where we just take authority over these kind of things. And again, whatever that may be, whatever that may be in life, it could be something like over a a relationship issue or a financial issue or something as big as, uh, you know, I'm not, not downplaying those things, but something as big as then uh, taking somebody who's lame and seeing them walk again. But just what faith um, Peter had. One of my favourite verses, I'm sh- I think I've, I've spoke about this in church here before. I've certainly spoken about other places, I can't remember. But one of my favourite verses or a couple of verses in the Bible is found in Ephesians 3 verse 20 and 21. It says, Now to him who's able to, to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is in work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. We serve an immeasurable God, don't we? And I know sometimes for myself, I'm sure we can put limits, put boxes on what he can and can't do. But we serve an immeasurable God who in this scripture says he wants to do or can, he's able to measure more than all we can ask or imagine. The things that we think are impossible, well God can take that and do even more than we imagine in those impossibilities. We just have to have that faith, don't we? Of, of, um, and, and again, this, the beggar's story would certainly reflect that, where this guy is asking for money. And he ended up getting his restoration. He, he, he could walk again. I mean, what an amazing moment. I wonder what you are asking God for in your life at the minute. I wonder what is a, a situation which just feels impossible. Which feels like, I just can't see a breakthrough in this, God. I mean, whether it's something you've been struggling with for a few weeks, for a few months, for, for years and years and years. Whatever that may be. I wonder what those situations are for you. I wonder if we are guilty sometimes of asking a limitless God to do limited things. Because I know sometimes in my life, definitely, sometimes I, I, I can't see it. I can't see it. I'm, I'm praying for myself for more faith and more courage in these situations. Do you know why God wants to give us these things? Because he's a good God, isn't he? We sung it this morning. We believe, I hope you believe this morning, he's a good God, isn't he? He's a good God who wants to give good gifts to his children. A couple of verses I want to just read, because I think I just read them this week and they were just so good. Uh, Psalm 34, verse 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Taste and see that the Lord is good and he wants to do things in your life. Lamentations 3, verse 25 um, says, The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. To the one who seeks him. Is your hope in him this morning, I wonder. And James 1, 17, every good, every good and perfect gift is from above. 
Every good and perfect gift is from above. That promotion, that, uh, that marriage, that engagement, that childbirth, whatever it may be in your life, that job that you've been trying to get, every good and perfect gift is from above. Okay, last bit for me, last bit for me. So get a little bit of water. I wonder if, um, again, you've, either, uh, you've ever taken, taken credit where um, credit wasn't due to you, or you've made sure that credit was given uh, to the person that it, is, it was meant to be for. And I was, um, when previous to uh, my, Debs and myself um, living in Birmingham, we were down in, in the southwest, down in Cornwall for just shy of seven years. And when I was down there, I was involved in, in youth work and, and, and things in a church. And I had a responsibility uh, of leading a, um, a, a youth weekend camp for, for young people from all over the, the southwest, which was fantastic. We had a great, great weekend. And so I was kind of heading this team up, and I was pulling a team together and making sure that the whole thing came together. And we had a fantastic weekend, and God did some amazing things in the lives of the young people that were there. Now, anybody who knows me well knows that I, A, am terrible at logistics, B, don't really think about logistics. And C, don't really care about... No, I do care about logistics. Of course I do. Of course I do. But logistics just aren't my thing. It's not the thing that I, I do. or th- I, I don't often think about them as, as, as well as I should do. But we had this guy in our team who was just like the logistics king. Like everything that you could think of, he just thought of. And he didn't just think of it. He pulled teams together. He made sure the catering was sorted. Any like campsite issues were... He, he sorted all that kind of thing. And like... Just basically anything that, like when there's a toilet blocked, which you get with these fun things when you go away with young people, like he got it sorted. He just made sure that all these things were sorted so that basically myself and the other people on the team could get on with the ministry side of stuff and, and the encountering God side of stuff. Now, at the end of the weekend, um, we, we always do the thing where, you know, we say thank you and we, we, we wanted to just really honour the people that, that um, did it. And I made sure that this guy, his name's Hamish, he's a great guy. Well, Hamish, I made sure that he was like properly, properly thanked because actually without it, it would have been an absolute like car crash. Like the whole thing, would have, everyone would have been hungry, they'd have been grumpy. I mean, there might have been some good ministry, but past that, it would have been terrible. Um, <laughs> and because a lot of the stuff he did was behind the scenes... They just, people just don't see it. You know, it's like anything, isn't it? If um, you go to somewhere and things are, are working well, you just get on with it. It's when it, things aren't working well. That's when we have something to say, isn't it, us Brits? <laughs> um, but yeah, I made sure that the credit was given where it was needed, where it was due, because he, without him, the, like I said, the whole thing just wouldn't have happened. Again, in our key scripture in Acts 3, the man had been healed. We read in Acts, the last two verses, or the last three verses, 8 to 10. He says this, then he went into, into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. This is the man, the beggar, of course. They recognised him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Okay, picture the scene now for me. I'm, I'm, oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm a bit of like a visual thinker. Just picture you're in church right now, okay. We're all, we're all having a great time. And somebody walks in who you recognise, okay. But you recognise that this person hasn't been into this place before, okay? You've seen him a few times, you've seen him maybe around the area, they've seen him around Selly Oak and different areas, he's been outside the church a few times. But you're like, 
Something's different with you. Something's changed. Uh, I'm not, oh yeah, you couldn't walk, and now you can walk, yeah, that's really good. All of a sudden you've realised that this guy was the guy that, you, and this, in, this, in this scenario, he's walked into the temple, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's the guy that we've seen for the last 30, 40 years, begging, unable to walk either, he's been faking it the whole time, hopefully that's not a scenario, or he's just had a miraculous encounter with God. And the thing I love about this, and where he's given credit for where credit's due, is he's walking in, praising God, isn't he? I mean, like, obviously, Peter and John have done their thing and they've taken the, the, the boldness and faith. But he is giving credit where credit's due because all glory to God in this situation. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. He knew who his healing was from. He knew, and he, he knew that he had to give glory to God in that situation, in that moment. Two things, again. He shows excitement at his healing. I'm sure if you've been crippled for 40 years, you're going to be pretty pleased you've just been, um, it been healed. And he is just loving it, isn't he? He's absolutely buzzing. Like, he's walking in, praising. I can just picture him coming in, like, just making an absolute ruckus, and he doesn't care. Just like, sitting out nice chairs. I imagine the temple is quite like a nice, solemn place. And he's, going, he's just kicking off, going crazy. It's nice, nice fun, and it's all happening. He can't wait to show people what God has just done in his life. And again, he gives God the credit straight away. There's no like, I don't know who else would give the credit to. Maybe Peter and John, maybe. Or he, again, he could kind of just look, what he, he could maybe not even say who. He's, look at me, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. But straight away, he's praising God. He's letting people know. And, and in the, um, the last bit of verse 10, I love this bit, and it says, and they were filled with, this is the people in the, um, in the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. It's going to get people to ask questions, isn't it, when these kind of things happen in people's lives. God does and has done and will do amazing things in our life, won't he? I mean, the fact we're sat here today, the fact that he has saved us, or you know, perhaps he saved us, the fact that he's given us grace upon grace upon grace every single day. They're things to praise God for, aren't they? And I suppose the challenge in this little bit is that when God does something great in your life, who gets the glory? Who gets the glory? Because sometimes I know for myself, and I'm sure I've done it in the past, where something's happened, I forget to thank God. I forget to give testimony for that thing. Now, sometimes they're, they're big like things. You just can't deny God was in them. But maybe it's like smaller like coincidences that have happened, but actually you know that was answer to prayer or that was um, just something that God has done in my life. And it's making sure that in every single um, test, every single trial that we face, that we're giving testimony for the one who has, has helped us come out of that thing and, 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 and giving him credit where credit is due. Making sure that everyone knows who gets and who deserves the credit in your life. Has God ever done anything in anyone's life in here? Yeah, good. Okay, just checking. Because I know that I have in times myself not given God the proper glory that is due to his name. I'm sure we've all done that before. And just making sure, whatever it may be, whether it's a public or a private thing, that we thank God. I love this man's public declaration. Like he could have gone home. But actually, I think if you read it, it's if Peter and John take him into the temple. And I think in that moment, Peter and John are just like, 
look at what just happened. Like, it's, a big, it's a big moment to just show off God's glory, isn't it? And God's power in and through. I mean, they've had loads of stuff happening in those um, weeks and months. And, and that, that, that little period of time, they've seen uh, Jesus raised from the dead. I mean, I don't know how much more proof they need of what's going on. But another moment to see that God's glory and God's goodness is present. I'll invite the band back up because I'm about to, about to finish. Um, I've got 40 minutes till our picnic. It's not going to be wet. Well, I promise you it won't be wet. Um, I think there's a few, just a couple of things just to, to close off with, I think that we can hopefully take from this morning and we can just reflect upon in our own lives. So I think it's really important is these, these stories are, are amazing. I love the word and I love what the word represents. But it's really important that we can think about, oh, how does this affect me today? What are the things that we, I, can, I can take out of here and walk, take into my workplace tomorrow or take into my, my week this week ahead? Hopefully a couple of things that, that will and do stand out in it. First thing is, I think we can apply, is about, around God's timing, isn't it? God's timing is perfect. Sometimes it's frustrating. I'm sure that, that beggar wished he could have been healed, you know, a few months, a few years earlier. But God's, per, God's timing is completely perfect for the situations that we have in. And if you are in a, in a tough time at the minute, trust in God's timing. Trust in God's timing because he's got something bigger and greater for you in that. And um, God wants to and does give us more than we ask for. Again, this, this beggar was asking for money. He got his, his restoration, his healing. And finally, we must give God the glory for the things that he does in our lives. Never let a moment go by where God has done something, where you do not thank him, where you do not praise him, where you do not give testimony for that thing. I'm going to, before we, before we uh, finish, sing off with, I'd, if we sing to finish off with, that's a better way around. Um, we had a moment before, uh, I think Emily had us in it, where we were just silent. And I, I think sometimes we can spend too much time listening to others, listening to the, the band, which are fantastic and we, we love what they bring, and almost neglect, not neglect, but not send enough time listening to God. So I want to just to finish off with, before, we end up, um, before the, I pray and I hand over to the band, just take a moment in reflection, what does God want to say to you this morning? What is God saying to you and how are you going to take some of the stuff that you've heard and, and God wants to lead you into into your week. So I'm going, to be, I'm going to be quiet for a moment or so as you just reflect upon that. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I, I want to thank you for this, this scripture, for, for what you did in that man's life, for the, the audacity and faith of, of, of Peter and John in those moments. I pray, Lord God, for every individual in this place. Lord, I pray for whatever the circumstances, situation, situation we're going into to the rest of today and, and our weeks ahead. 
I pray, Father God, we'll know and sense you beside us in every single situation. I pray, Father God, that we'll walk in the courage and the boldness and the, and the audacity and, and faith that you give us, Jesus. Help us, Lord God. For those, I really want to pray for those people who are maybe struggling this morning, who they feel a bit battered and beaten up by life. I pray, Father God, that you'll just come and surround them with your love this morning. They'll have a real sense of you beside them. But I pray for those of us as well who um, know that we need to do something this week, who know we need to step into something or do something different, or we get that nudge when we're on our, on our commute into work or when we're dropping off the kids to school or just talking to our neighbours, whatever it may be, that, Father God, that you'll just give us um, the, the boldness and the courage to step out in those moments when, when you're calling us to do something, which may feel a bit uncomfortable, which may feel a bit um, risky, but give us that faith to, do, to step out and do those things. I pray so, those things in the precious and mighty name of Jesus. Amen.